0: Hello, welcome to The Expert Pod, my name is James, I'm your host, uh, I'm a Brit living in Sweden, as you probably already know, and I'm here today with my lovely guest Evangeline Duncan, or Evie, and Evie's actually my girlfriend, so I don't know if you want to introduce yourself to the world, or to the five listeners, <laughs> and, uh it's today... a Hi! <laughs> yeah, a bit about yourself. Yeah,
1: okay, hello, uh, thank you James, yes, uh my name's Evie and I'm an actress, Uh, living in England and currently spending quite a lot of time in Sweden, visiting my lovely boyfriend James. (laughs) So if you're not watching and you're just listening, he just looked behind his shoulder. Um, And before I set up living in uh, London, I went and lived in France for three months when I was doing a preliminary acting course in preparation for going to drama school. So that was my experience of living abroad
0: welcome to section one of the podcast about getting there so this is where we kind of ask the guest a bit about how they managed to to live abroad or experience life in the country um so evie i know you've lived both lived in france for a little bit of time and spent a lot of time here in sweden so just tell me a bit about how you how you got to each location
1: I guess the main difference between the two places uh, is the fact that one was pre-Brexit, and one was post-Brexit. So, mm-hmm. getting to France, I was there for a twelve-week course, or eleven weeks, so it came under the, a three-month time span. And pre-Brexit, obviously, we were able to go into any country in Europe and spend three of yeah, exactly, and spend uh, up to three months there without needing any kind of visa any reason to be there Um, and obviously I wasn't working because I was doing a, a, for a student reason, um, to studying exactly. So to get to France, uh, my uh, parents actually drove me over to France um, and uh, so packed up the car uh, with a lot of my stuff and took the Eurotunnel and we spent a couple of days uh, travelling all together, um, looking at a few different places along the way to get to Fontainebleau, which is where the course was started. Doing with uh, Fontainebleau School of Acting or FONACT, Act, and they're about forty minutes outside of Paris. Okay. So, but
0: how did you actually get to Fontainebleau School? Oh, like, like
1: uh, what sorry, was the, what the reason for going?
0: going?
1: Um, so the reason I went to the school was because I spent summer after graduating from university in uh, twenty fifteen. Uh, I had this the summer before deciding what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and I had studied psychology, but I really knew that I still wanted to give acting a shot. And so I kind of thought to myself, this month, these summer months, are maybe an opportunity to see if that's still a, a bug worth mm. discovery. Um, and so I did the three week acting course at Guildhall and lo and behold, still loved doing acting and still thought i do want to pursue this uh, career so deciding okay what am i going to do after this three-week course uh, one of the teachers on on the summer school had uh, approached a couple of the students who were on the summer school mm-hmm. and said that he had this school in france that he was setting up and uh the starting in october 2015 mm-hmm. that was going to be the first go at having a three-month-long course previously he'd only ever done two-week summer schools and he wanted to expand the school into having a offering a three-month course Mm. and so invited some students to be a part of that for the first time and the school is amazing um just as a side note they've since that time they've expanded to now have a i think they still do the three-month course and the summer school but now they do a year-long acting course two year and i think now three and they've even expanded to have both a campus in France but also in Greece they're doing the thing uh, at the moment so they're doing very very well which is wonderful a little seed grown into a fantastic oak tree um but yeah so that's how I ended up uh decided to go for this three-month uh, uh acting school
0: amazing I've heard you to Sweden
1: um <laughs> <laughs> yeah um well uh because of you i guess so (laughs) that was uh well yes uh so getting to sweden was very much just seeing how it would go being with you for i think i was there for six weeks wasn't i yeah
0: six weeks after going to spain first Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so after you moved in august 2022 i then joined you in september and this was obviously pro- post-Brexit, so a mm-hmm. bit of a different experience in that now we can only be in uh, Schengen country for 90 out of 180 days. So within six months, that's yeah, four not months. Yeah, for work. Yeah, if you're not there for work, I can't work here without being on a work visa. Um, And so I decided to join you for six weeks mm-hmm. and just see what it was like living in Gothenburg at that time, which was an interesting experience. Whenever you go anywhere, I think, be it in your own country be it moving abroad anything there really needs to be a pull for going that's it's wonderful to go uh, and be with your partner but i think if you're doing anything like that there needs to be a reason to go that's for yourself Mm -hmm. and something that's going to occupy your time and be something fulfilling for you and i think for me working in acting and therefore being very much a freelance and finding my own working day Mm -hmm. in and spending a lot of that time alone it can be very isolating so i think whenever you're moving if you're moving abroad for example being able to find good community be it at work you Mm -hmm. work in extracurricular activities in finding groups that you can join finding classes to do and that's really important for your mental health and
0: the sense of independence if you're going as a couple yeah. Or to meet someone, to join someone in somewhere else. You need to have your own life. As we've discovered, it's be difficult for me to to navigate, let alone. And I have some friends, friends here now, because of my work. Um, whereas for you, you, know, you haven't got the look for meeting people in the office or in a work environment, you need to yeah, somehow have that kind of connection, which is difficult. Yeah, we can discuss that a bit more in depth. In the next section, being there. But um, we're, we're both from France and Sweden, were there any prerequisites you needed before you moved? So, accommodation, obviously, you stayed with me here, but for France, how was the accommodation situation?
1: Pretty simple and easy going for me because I was going with a, with the prospect of going to a school, mm. they were very good at making sure that the accommodation was sorted for us. So, I actually stayed with. Um, Laurent, who's the head of the school, with uh, his auntie and uncle, mm. uh, the, the three of us lodging in this beautiful house that they lived in because they lived uh, Monday to Friday in Paris mm. and then to come to Fontainebleau on the weekends. Dream, um, and so we were living there uh, in that uh, in, in that house uh, for the majority of the time, the whole time. Sorry, and that was the case for all of the students there. They were all living in family. Mm. Tests, it yeah, really so. was, yeah, an incredible pull-on uh, resources of the community of being in um, in, in that town.
0: Well, has that not changed? Obviously, you said the school's grown. Have they invested in building their own accommodation? or have they? I
1: don't know. I, I don't know what they do now because they have a much larger cohort as well. When mm. we did it, there was only 14 of us studying. Um, So, obviously, a much more manageable number. So, I don't know what they do now if they have... Similar setup, or perhaps similar to Airbnb, yeah. No one's in touch with people who would be renting up there because even like a
0: two year courses or three year courses, a lot of time for people to, it is. to and give up a house.
1: So. I don't know if um if it's open to UK residents to do the one or two year course, I, I don't know, but it might be that it might be as as going
0: abroad for the university, but it's still possible to do, but you get a student visa. and mm. It's anyone who's able to, to study in the country?
1: Yeah, I guess they just have to jump through some more hoops.
0: Yeah, we did. Any more information you want to share about how you got to either Sweden or UK or to France? Um, for things you had to do before you left. Or did you oh. know who you were living with before you moved.
1: Oh, um... obviously me. Who
0: this? <laughs> had you spoken to. You said you lived with two of the girls. Yeah. To the people. Sorry. Yeah. Um, in in France. Did you know them before? I just spoke to them before. What was the situation with them?
1: I knew one of them because she'd been on the course with me in Guildhall. So that was really great getting to live with that. But I'd only known M for three weeks prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hadn't lived together beforehand. But Laurent put us together, which was great. And then he put us with uh, another uh, one of my very good friends, now um, Oyani, who we had, had, sorry, she had also done the course. Uh, but I didn't know her, so we were all just sort of thrust together. But it was the best thing to happen on that course because we, the three of us really became a unit and mm. a real support system for each other because it was an incredibly taxing, challenging, enlightening mm-hmm. time, uh, very emotional. And, you know, you go through with everything that you do when you're stretching yourself. Um, it was a, 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 a very um, exposing mm-hmm. time. And it... And, with the growth comes all of the like growing pains, I guess. So having two of my very good friends there to sort of support us through it, and actually the the group, as I was saying, only fourteen of us was actually a really really special group because it was such a, a small, tight knit, um, unit. Mm-hmm. We support each other through the experience because it wasn't just doing drama school, which you know anything. <laughs> it's the tough, tough drama schools; it can be quite. Um, quite an exposing time it was also everyone was living abroad mm-hmm. apartment. some of the people were French but they were still had moved mm-hmm. into that situation and um, you yeah, know you're thrown into these scenarios where you have to be extremely vulnerable with other people who you don't really know that well but you kind of have to build this level of trust um, so yeah getting to have those people that I was living with was really great because we'd already built that kind of um, roommate mm-hmm. friendship and then also working together. So that was really great.
0: Amazing. Welcome to section two of the podcast. What being that? Now you've already given a bit of information about, uh, obviously, your social life in France and and your friends and things. And um, I guess this is a section that covers a lot of that, a lot of just your first impressions of each location and basically just day-to-day life anything funny has happened so let's start with France then so what were, what were your first impressions when you when you arrived well, what did you do did you go straight to the house you're living in did you go to the school
1: straight to the house to unpack everything mm. uh and yeah check in I guess and I think I arrived on either the Saturday or the Sunday I can't remember now when we were starting on Monday morning so I had a little bit of time before beginning the school but it was a really full-on experience so mm. there wasn't a lot of time for experiencing where i was living apart from a little bit in the evenings and mainly on the weekends of course we were there in october to december so dark evenings as well so you're not spending so much time out and about exploring mm. but we were in this very beautiful location it's this amazing chateau and um it's where marianne Fanette would go to sort of summer to her country mm. lodge <laughs> a lot of the time was obviously spent in school and it well, it didn't feel like a hindrance at all as if I was missing out on exploring, it just meant that the weekends could be full of looking around the town and also traveling into Paris, which was really like what a privilege to get to go to Paris in like half an hour, I think it was. On the train, super convenient, probably. very yeah. We even went to Disneyland on one of the trips, one of the weekends. Oh, let me
0: tell sorry about this, <laughs> and uh, your mishap with driving.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah,
0: oh. Do I? <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, so them's <laughs> watching. It. No, it was all fault. Basically, the three of us rented a car to put for the weekend so that we could go to Disneyland Paris, and we drove, dro- drove the think It was on a Sunday, drove there in the morning, all absolutely wonderful. It was a Christmas special period of time, so uh, you know, the float uh, parade was even better than a regular Disney experience. And at the end of the day, we'd watch the fireworks. Had a wonderful day. We set off and this was to get back to the house. And this was pre-having Google Maps just readily available Mm. on your phone. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just that the internet wasn't working. I can't quite remember. But basically, we took the wrong turn. Mm. And we ended up on completely the wrong highway. And we were heading towards a toll. And we thought, we didn't go through a toll on the way here. (laughs) We were going wrong. But of course, you get to the toll booth mm-hmm. said so you can't exactly turn around so we had to go through and pay this mm-hmm. toy. and then we were just starting to panic thinking what the hell are we going to do and uh, on the side of the road I see these policemen I just said to them um, stop just 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 let stop and we're gonna have to plead ignorance and be mm-hmm. like we need help right now so I rolled down the window and granted at this point um, my French is pretty okay but I was in such a panic that I was like we're just getting straight in with the ignorance Break. And I was just like, do you speak English? And he was like, yes, I was like, where's the way lost? We're trying to get to Fontainebleau, can you help us out? And he was very, very sweet. He was like, yes, yeah, that's fine. Um, You're going the wrong way. He was like, granted, it got that, thanks. And he told us what to do. But what that meant was that they had to shut the entire food, <laughs> stop all the traffic so that we could turn around and go back through the tunnel to <laughs> get onto the other side. So it cost us, you know, like, 12 euros and our dignity, but we got home at the end. A lot later than scheduled, but you know, there's the tale to tell. So, yeah, so a lot, lots of fun at the weekends, basically, and a lot of exploring of the, the town, which is beautiful. Mm. We went to a lovely village, which is next door, called Bahamalot, um which was a really real tree village. It's sort of stepping back in time to 16th century, you feel like. It's, yeah, gorgeous. So that took up a lot, a lot of my time being there. But Also, getting to really be immersed in the culture of it as at the same time mm-hmm. because we had we did have French people on the course, it was an international course, it was all in English, so we were had uh, Italian, Brazilian, Spanish, American, English, Danish, real eclectic mix. people. Mm-hmm. And within the time that we were outside of the course hours, what we'll see in Montauban, which is you know, it's a town in France, it's not. Paris and so, they did speak English, but more likely they were going to speak French too. Mm. So, that was a, real, a really good opportunity for experiencing.
0: Yes, and we were kind of counter to Sweden where you can literally survive on English alone.
1: Yeah, if we you really need not. to. Well, that's pretty much what is mean throughout the entire experience.
0: Well, it's a bit of a disservice, You're, you know, are. Well,
1: attemp- attempting which I think is, it's, that's half of it, isn't it? Being able it to show just, that you want to. And survive.
0: that's the whole point. I think that's a lot of British people get the the narrative kind of press on don't speak another language, or you don't, you don't try. Granted, Swedish is not the most widely spoken language, so it's not everyone you learn in school, like mm. French, Spanish, German, but I think there's a lot of us who still try and learn it, and when everyone speaks English to you, even if you're not Swedish, if you're another first language speaker, a bit Spanish or French, quite often those people who are, who I know, anywhere you travel do know English. So, they'll speak to you in English mm-hmm. as well as rather than Swedish because their English is better than their Swedish mm-hmm. and I speak English. So, speaking to most people, it's really hard to converse at all in Swedish until you get to the point where the other day you and I went for dinner and I asked if someone had a table for two, which they did and they understand what I said. Then they followed up with another question and I was lost. <laughs> no idea what I was saying. But it was uh, fun to try.
1: And that's all part of it, it's having the confidence to try and. That is easier said than done, and you really have to Commit. throw yourself in. Mm. Commit to it, yeah. Just yes, you can dip your toe in the water, but if you can kind of plunge in and not, not mind, it's
0: like swimming in the sea, isn't it? I suppose you, <laughs> you can't get
1: swimming while swimming. <laughs> it's cold, not you? Yeah, exactly. You're Copenhagen. <laughs> that was one of my experiences, and what uh, an amazing thing to be able to do, uh, as mm. when living abroad is, of course, being able to explore different cities around you that you're within the country.
0: So yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I think when you first came over for the first six weeks, we spent four weekends somewhere else. You know, obviously we were in Spain first and Andorra and things, but then when you came back, we went to Copenhagen, then to Oslo, then to Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you went to Andalajon as well, I think one weekend yes. or during the week.
1: Really to the advantage of the trains.
0: Yeah. And, I think well,
1: learning the public transport is obviously a massive... Way of finding your independence with anywhere in the world, of course. But I think Sweden, for example, has like excellent uh, public transport, I and mean, we've really taken advantage of the trains mm. in there. and places. the buses as well to yeah. Oslo, oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah,
0: So I think the interconnectivity of the cities mm. all over the Scandinavian region is really useful. Mm. I think the UK has its flaws being very London centric, like transport in London is fantastic. Mm. In certain parts of the UK, where you've got good local transport, whether it's trams or, or like Liverpool's got a good underground train which goes to well, apparently say live and it's and things, but to get in between cities, it's really difficult unless you have a car, mm. especially now with all the strikes. It feels like here they've thought about it more and prioritised it as a form of transport.
1: And I guess as well, the population is so much smaller compared to the size of the country, to, for example, the UK. Yeah, but I don't Just in terms of the, the sheer volume of
0: mm. people. Yeah, it's a much bigger country in terms of size as well. And it's got relatively less money because it's got a much smaller working care population. Mm. So the UK should be much richer and be able to afford to travel or produce transport between cities much closer to the other.
1: I guess they're so overpopulated in cities compared to the mm. in the UK. I think that's the struggle about it, particularly in... For example, London is just saturated. Yeah,
0: yeah, London feels very lonely for a city with more people in than this entire country.
1: Mm. It's
0: quite a scary thought. Um.
1: Yeah. And that was another thing, just uh, but just sort of comparing uh, experiences. Being in uh, Gothenburg and exploring the city, trams is just not really an experience that we... I've had mm. being from the UK. It's not really a, a yeah. thing for considering I've lived in
0: mm. London no, 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 which is
1: all yeah. tube based. And
0: only Birmingham and Manchester have them, but again it's true. not the same volume of no.
1: significantly less. Yeah, well, and here the troll system is very much the is is, is, is the um the, the, is is the equivalent of the tube.
0: Mm. Yeah, and exactly. um,
1: yeah, it's just glorious the amount of time that you say when you travel.
0: On which, yeah. and the scooters on bike lanes are much safer. I know scooters exist in the UK and yeah, the it's things, nice. but you haven't got the, the designated spaces to use them. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because you see people on mopeds or, you know, motorised scooters <laughs> in these lanes, like, you should not be there. You're not, you're not going to speed going here. <laughs> Why are you here? Anything else you want to add on about living in, a, in these countries, I suppose? Maybe Sweden a bit more about your first impressions of here. It's probably a bit harder because you didn't know as many people the first time anyway?
1: I think yes it's a very different experience because I think often if you are going to live abroad there's usually a pull a pull which would be it's for work, it's for studying, it could be for a partner, where I fall into category. Mm. But often you might have your own work in place which is a bit more stable or mm. allows you to be uh, maybe you have transfer in your own work. And that was a big thing for being here, was I ended up spending a lot of time alone. And I think it, it's harder when you Things that are totally out of your control can alter your experience. For example, we went in September, turning into October and November. And as you know, it gets very dark very quickly. In mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: as soon as you September. get into the, like, October, it gets dark.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, like actually. three o'clock and I was sort of looking out the window going, I need to go out because I'm not going to see daylight um. today. Um, I'd been
0: working at it. it's interesting though I think people you're, you're in quite a, a neutral situation where you, you're coming to visit me for a long period of time it's six weeks it's this, this time or the first time whereas I guess if you're moving for a partner you weren't moving permanently mm-hmm. which there is a drive and even if you haven't got a job when you first arrive you're job hunting and that's mm-hmm. your, your I guess your priority is finding some some work
1: yeah and or then you're likely you to
0: family. Yeah, you're likely to have found work in six weeks mm-hmm. or at least made connections through doing that, which you might be able to socialize more. I guess for you, you didn't have any interest in finding work here because you weren't going to work here because you had a the visa. Mm-hmm. Um so that removes I don't know, four hours a day worth of effort, which you otherwise would have would have spent your know, job hunting or being around. And there's only so many times you can walk around the city in six weeks to to replace it with. I think we're very lucky that you've got a very good friend who lives 24 hours on the bus away so by, by a train away. who can get to all this weekend in Malmo, Um, and that was quite a saving grace. And every time you come, I guess, we'll try and meet up with, with certain people who live in the, in the region for that reason. So it kind of wakes up, becomes a reason to come. I think, yeah, if you were going to move for your partner and you were moving fully, it might be a bit easier. Because you have that drive to find work.
1: Well, I guess you're fully committing to yeah. the yeah. experience. And for me, there was always the pull of being all the, yeah, the, 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 the being, the, being mm. between the two. Um, the of five yeah. sort of going, okay, well, I'm still working for work at home mm. and I can't find the work in Sweden because I'm, you know, not, as you said, I'm not allowed because, you know, I'm on a work visa. And so, yeah, you, you do feel in, in this limbo. And um, it doesn't feel so much your, uh, journey. your journey, and it's, it's not my home and that kind of thing. And whereas if you were moving permanently, you might be moving mm-hmm. into a home together. There's more of that feeling of sort of um, stability or um,
0: individuality, I suppose, so. you and your own choice of certain things. Mm-hmm. And having a space which is, okay, you are sharing it with someone, but it's still yours. Mm-hmm. Um, which is uh, difficult. Um, I mean, it's difficult for me as well because I was at work knowing that you were by yourself and having to make sure that we had stuff to do and plan things and mm-hmm. um, even like a key to the house, like my phone. The key of my the key to where I live is on my phone. I think that's a very individual experience. <laughs> it might become more popular in the future with the technology, right? Yeah, so, I, don't, I
1: don't know if it
0: should. Well, oh, yeah, it's really, it it really, because my, my, so my key is my phone, which works like um, Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever. And it's on your phone. Yeah, but it works the same as Google Play. In It's an NFC signal. And for that to work, I need mean, back from my phone. So when I first moved, I had it on one phone. Luckily, I have a work phone, which I've put a key on. And then you had you on your phone when you came the first time around, um, which we were able to transfer onto Evie's phone. But, you know, when I first moved, I had it on one phone. And I was literally limited for when I would go out with friends to get back before my phone died, or I didn't have anywhere to sleep night.
1: Mm-hmm. So... And Constantly, when I mean, you we're about charging your phone. Mm. I think that's another thing here. Sweden's very forward uh, in, into the future, forward thinking, mm. and they're extremely tech savvy and they're also very tech heavy in terms of how you, right now. exactly how you function in society. It's mm. like um, Swish, for example. Maybe.
0: Yeah, Swish uh, is, I think I talked about it in oh, yeah. Previous episode that I was doing myself. Um, but it's, yeah, just to recap, it's... So to get Swish, and Swish is like, you know how you have Monzo, you have your address book, and see your has got Monzo, and you can send money to them quite quickly. And the UK bank transfers are instantaneous. In Sweden, they're not... If you want to send money to someone's bank, it takes a few days, and it's done banking. I very Brilliant. much care about people working when they work. Mm. It's just a slower pace of life mm. with certain things, but Swish is a way around that way it's linked to your bank account that you've put on the app, and it will send money to a phone number, Swedish phone number, um, to send the money. And you can, it verifies who it is, and you have mobile bank, bank ID, which is like a face recognition to say, yes, this is you sending the money to this person, and it's all approved. Um, but to get that, you need to have a Swedish phone number, you need to have a, a Swedish bank account, you need to have bank ID to get a bank ID to have a bank account. To get a bank account, needs to have a personal number, to get a personal number, you need to have a visa. That's
1: the cat. <laughs> to get a visa,
0: needs to have a job. and be here for more than a year. Teams. Yeah, it's so, so
1: difficult to get out of
0: there. But once you're in, it's great. But it just takes a long time to get in. Mm. But it works, you know. As an integrated system, it's very efficient. But getting into the system is a bit of a
1: nightmare. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, I'd say it's it's very tech-heavy. Um, so you can, you do feel as if you have to have every app that they have, but even
0: for travel with them, what's it called? Bastrophic? Is oh, traffic. Yeah, yeah, for the bus and the travel. You can get a card. I don't know what you, where you can buy it, but I know people have it, the bus card. Mm-hmm. Maybe buy it, uh, it must be, like, the bus central station you might sell it or something, but people have prepaid cards and things, and you have, your, like, MetroCard in New mm-hmm. York. Mm-hmm. But the app is much easier, I think. And then you can link that to your own account, but to get that, you need bank page yeah. <laughs> or a personal number, which is a bit annoying. Um, but you can pay for that just with a credit card or bank card, but you can't sign in and
1: have
0: an account. Um, yeah, it's more, more headache.
1: Minefield.
0: It's definitely a minefield. But I think we've kind of exhausted section two of being here now. <laughs> Welcome to section three of the podcast, which is kind of a review. I haven't really named it, actually, I should really name it. but it's a review of, of I guess, what we've talked about, but also your experiences. I know we're still kind of exploring Sweden, and well, maybe we'll do a review of this in a few months to see how it's evolved. Have you moved here? Do you know? <laughs> and uh, just any advice you want to give to people who are looking to live abroad, I guess, mainly about your your, your experience in France? Right? what would you do to or how would you advise people who were looking to do a semester abroad
1: mm.
0: you know what, what what tips would you give
1: i think from my experience which granted hasn't been living abroad for a longer period than the three months mm. i think doing something if you can do do it in education is such such a privilege and such a fantastic way of experiencing another culture and yeah. country and you know if, if you went to university for example you can do uh, summers abroad you can do and years Erasmus do you yeah. swap with another um, another university that's um, that's maybe for the, you know, the affiliate university for example but that's not what I did mine was a very separate mm. um, thing and it just meant that I really got to have that experience of uh, and, and another culture another opportunity. Without having a massive commitment because it was only for those three months, mm-hmm. and it was with the uh, idea of being progressing my career because it uh, ultimately doing that course enabled me to then audition for drama school and get in mm-hmm. to then carry on in my career as an actress. Because if I hadn't done that, I don't know if I would have had the skills to get in the first time round because of what because they were teaching us what to what the the panels are looking for when they're auditioning mm-hmm. you. And you just meant that you were given the, yeah, well, you were given the tools Mm. to know how to best present yourself and and feel the least nervous going in so that you can do your best work. Because we are, I think we're so, so much of our, our true selves and true ability is clouded by nerves. Mm -hmm. And Having the ability to control those nerves by first being able to acknowledge them, and then having the tools in your toolkit to tackle those and overcome your nerves and turn them from nerves into okay, this is just an excitement. This is just my right,
0: exactly thing. It's the same response, right? The body, yeah, nervousness and excitement. So your yeah. body,
1: you can trick your body.
0: Receives you it's the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, it's all psychological.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so yeah, you can alter the the narrative. And say no. This is just showing that I care about this, and I can go in with that drive and best afford forward. And so that's what ultimately, what that allowed me to do. Because uh, every week we had audition prep, for example, um, mm-hmm. and also we were just being fully immersed in drama school experience. Because we were ultimately it was like doing a semester of drama school, yeah, um, but just um, isolated on its So yeah, I think that's a fantastic way of getting to experience another culture and see whether you want to do it.
0: That there or just to even be able to have had that it'd be with, with Erasmus now as you mentioned since Brexit how it's going to work mm-hmm. if it's available I've not looked into it it's not education anymore but it'd be a shame if it's no longer available or easily available for a lot of students because as you said a lot of well, my friends have done it as well uh, who actually be on this podcast um, and you said you've kind of done a similar thing. Obviously, it's not the same organisation, but it's semester studying abroad. Mm. So it kind of has, you know, significant parallels to that kind of um, programme. Mm. How hard it will be for students of British universities who are not European to go and study abroad mm. in, in Europe because mm. of, because of uh, yeah. the decision we made in 2016. No,
1: yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. Because even you, you going back to the three-week summer school, i did the Mm. the span of countries and nationalities that were taking the course it it was massive there people from all over the world came Mm. to do these three weeks and what an incredible opportunity that we were all having Mm. getting to uh live in live in london there through for example if you were from brazil or the states or wherever Mm. and
0: um yes they might not be affected too much because they're not european but still
1: yes yeah, sorry. Mm. Um, so but I, I wonder if it will if it means that it's not so easy or if it will deter
0: or maybe they'll go somewhere else to a school in, in France or the UK because mm. it's but a lot of, a
1: of those tart- a, a, a lot of the people who were up on the course with me who were from elsewhere who were studying those three weeks that I have went on to then either go to drama school in the uk mm. or just even kind of live in the uk so it's quite interesting that maybe they came to those three weeks and and Might loved enough. it enough to want to come and spend
0: some more, more of their time there yeah. like a could consider a lot more time in, you know, year, and I help pop up the drama school industry of yeah. the uk and, and showcase the amazing talent pool we have here uh, i guess i don't know how actually you might have done a lot more but since since the decision to leave the european union has to have drama school in the uk you know, drop in standard or have they remain the same or is there much information around it because i guess if you've not got the same pool of talent coming in mm-hmm.
1: Well, statistic at the moment because of uh, COVID, a lot of drama schools have actually had to close because mm. they uh, haven't been able to stay open. It's, I think, it's
0: just hard to do online, and you exactly. need that intimacy.
1: Well, it's it's devastating to think that I think there has been about three or four drama schools that have had to close in these last mm. two years, which is quite a, a big statistic yeah. in the.
0: Just yeah, still experiencing the hangover of, yeah. of, of both those mm. those
1: compound kind
0: of issues mm-hmm. for. The UK, especially, mm-hmm. and then I okay, It's we
1: don't rest, <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting
0: to people, but going back to some advice, then, obviously, you've moved or spent significant time in a foreign country for your partner, me. Um, oh. but, you know, oh, yeah. what, what advice would you give to someone who's doing a similar thing? Because obviously, it's not we, we know it's not easy, we acknowledge there's difficulties and there's going to be you know sensitive subjects between the both of you, and you and I quite i think we're quite mature with this and open so we can talk about a lot of different things and not afraid to express when one of us is upset with something or struggling. Mm-hmm. but what advice may you give to, to a couple be it the either partner uh traveling for, for someone else
1: i think if you can research where you're going and be as prepared in terms of knowing the the layout of the area the what do you like to do? Do you like to do dance classes? Do you want to learn the language? Do you want? Do you, Do you like art? Do you like sport? Mm. Find out what you can do. That's in your life already. That makes you feel uh, have have that sense of fun, that sense of release, that exercise, the that learning, whatever it is you love to do. And how can you bring those elements of your life that are going to ultimately bring joy and help with your mental health? How can you bring that into the place that you're going to mm-hmm. be moving to? If you can research restaurants, coffee places, the where the library is, where the museums banks are, are, where museums are, uh, what you're where you're living. Walking tools, yeah, so... anything like that to just to I think you know, knowledge is powerful. As we know, and being prepared is the thing that's going to, I think, make you feel. I always thought make make made you feel more in control of going mm. into it. I think as well, knowing that even with all of that, it's not nothing can prepare you for the experience of being in a totally different country
0: and being alone for a lot of days. So or...
1: yeah, yeah. Structure, I think, is the big takeaway. Yeah, for, us,
0: you, know, for you having focus on on some work projects was, was helpful.
1: Definitely, whenever I get, yeah, my with my work, it's very um ebb and flow with you know feast and famine in terms of the workload that you Mm. have at at any given time and uh, within the time that I was here I had some weeks where I was really having to self-motivate the work to keep pushing forward whether it be looking for different people to be writing to whether it was auditioning applying for certain Mm. things and then I had other weeks when I had multiple self-tapes and auditions that I had to do prepping for which um, is filled up the, Yeah, which... And like, you're leaving yeah. sometimes. So. Yeah. And ironically,
0: yeah, every, every single time we decided to go away for the weekend, I never cared. I never Yeah. Yeah, there's a thing about... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know One else has got a, a, a significant other in, in the creative industry. You'll always find out that every time you book to go away somewhere, they'll get an audition or a project or something. So, so be...
1: Constantly.
0: Have be a tripod with you at all times. Yeah. Have some some blank canvas literally <laughs> to film against and be prepared for holding cameras and, and giving feedback. And yeah, that's what my uh, I guess actors, significant others, supporters group. And I just start doing that online or something. You know, tips for
1: hey, tips for significant
0: others of creatives or something. You know, how to survive <laughs> because yeah, it's not like. Uh, standard vocation, it's completely different. and
1: Yeah, the, the work days just are very
0: different. Well, yeah, my work days sometimes long from, from testing, but it's mm-hmm. still yeah, significantly different to what the stress of what you do. But I guess one, one thing which um, you, you could see coming here is what, what, when we're working away and, and not here is like a writing retreat if you are here for a length of time because, you know, a lot of people do tend to go to remote locations or places of beauty, which you know, we are more than... Um, you know, uh, surrounded by, you know, on the coast of Sweden, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. to do a writing retreat or yeah. some kind of soul-searching. Or
1: yeah, change, again, kind you changing your mindset, okay, what's it? What can I use the best time? With? And I think um, that's definitely something going forward. I know the first time, uh, I think it was very much just even finding my feet.
0: But I think it was to
1: so too long overwhelming. Yeah, probably. Because just in terms of not having not having, as I was saying, those things in place to create the structure. Um, and I think I, the more experience of having, saying about research, I don't think I did enough research into things I could do for myself, would me, mm. to fill my own time yeah. um, in the evenings, for example, because you had your own um, things in the evenings, like sports that you were doing. Yeah. And um, because I was there for a limited time, it felt like a lot of the stuff that I'd found I couldn't sign on to the time
0: it was I needed. Commitment sure. I it's for weeks and stuff. It's yeah. okay.
1: But there's not to say it's not out there, it's just being a little bit more, little more savvy with your research. Mm. Um, yeah, Research, structure, <laughs> and um, I think being very gentle with itself as well and knowing that it's okay to have feeling very uh, like you have the rug stuck underneath you and mm. feeling at, at odds. It's, it's very natural because you are in a totally different. Scenario place and all of your things that, that make you feel in a comfort zone are not there because you're yeah. literally out on but, when, uh, out of your comfort zone in terms of your world is not the same
0: completely. As it is Which can be quite sobering or quite a nice thing to change, but the longer you do that, think, the harder it can be, or whether you you miss things naturally. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's very really interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, and thank you for the advice to people and support. You're welcome.
1: Well, One more thing that I'd love
0: to do, you especially as well, but here is park run. Oh, yeah, that's really know What Parkrun is, it's a week, uh, every Saturday, someone, very, very gratefully or graciously, uh, hosts a park run where well, they sit up but there's a uh, heap of volunteers who do an amazing job every week, um, in local areas. It's very British, I think, if you look at the maps, it seems to be mainly where people who are British live <laughs> uh, all over the world, um, but we have two in Sweden, in, in Gothenburg, sorry, not Sweden, it's quite a few in Sweden, um, but they're all over the world, um, and on Saturdays are about 9 o'clock, or 9.30, here, or 9.15. Mm-hmm. Times on in, on the concert do change a lot more than in the UK, where it's 9 o'clock or not. <laughs> um, Actually, it was 9.30, but we got there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 5K run or walk. Um, very social. It's not about winning or running your PB. It's all about just getting some exercise and seeing some, some beautiful scenery. You know, we've done... I'm only on 50, I think, now. And you are 24 or something. Three, like that. All over the country when you were touring for your previous job and we have done some in and mm-hmm. Copenhagen got some... <laughs> Yeah, and you, you get to meet people and usually meet people who are, who are British. So awesome. If you're if you're British then you can get good tips, mm-hmm. hints. And it's
1: and it's a free thing, a free event yes. which is wonderful oh, on a Saturday, so if you're feeling like you haven't seen any people that you can just have mm-hmm. a chat with, it's a really great way of suddenly feeling incredibly connected and part of a community and doing a little bit of exercise. Mm-hmm.
0: And in the fantastic. one in Gothenburg, Squaw has it's a definitely balancing role.
1: I was it's Scottish.
0: Um, well, the, the, the lady who runs it is Scottish. Oh, um,
1: it's yeah.
0: not it's... Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't actually hear Swedish spoken in a Scottish accent, which I was amazed at how great this lady in Swedish was, yeah. but it was just like, it's definitely a Scottish accent. It's like <laughs> Jeannie Murray doing Swedish. <laughs> um, but after after the park run, they always go for Fika, Ooh. which Fika is the best invention ever. It's the Swedish. Well, it's not really an invention, it's
1: <laughs> just coffee and cake. Is really it's fun. coffee
0: and cake, but it's done more seriously. It's like yeah. afternoon tea, but no, it was every the,
1: concept, the concept is a yeah. great invention of how yeah. well, committed we
0: are, too. Yeah, um, I in work, like every, most days, especially on Fridays, but most days, people will go and sit down and have coffee and a, uh, a snack or something in the afternoon and just talk, not about work, which is wonderful. I really mm-hmm. like that.
1: Yeah, so you can see people afterwards. After
0: the yeah, room. and that's where you can get, get, get the advice, and get yeah. questions and meet people. And yeah, there's a lot of tourism as well with park rooms.
1: The other thing that, uh, since being here, uh, that you've joined is, and I've now on it as well, is the Facebook group. Um, oh, It's yes. in Gothenburg, and that, I, I, yeah. did, I did once I joined that, I did suddenly feel a lot more connected to the number of people that were living in who British. British. Yeah.
0: So we'll ask them questions. Yeah, so that's just any, any, any kind of page. Well, I've asked questions people. a few times on the Facebook group and you get answers like, yeah. same same days, literally, I was trying to watch the rugby. <laughs> and I posted a question saying, hello, does anyone know where I can watch the rugby in the city? Um, and they said, oh yeah, go to the um, Flying Barrel, off the yeah. avenue mm-hmm. and I went over and it was full of all of British people and it was really good fun it could have, it could atmosphere. it's like being at home it's like, oh, no, I was like i never felt like a, and it's mm-hmm. that kind of it's always good to have that kind of place to feel at home when you are
1: abroad. definitely
0: it's
1: really nice segue into um, having the page to then going to certain places and, and mm. certain events
0: that... yeah we're finding yeah certain things mm-hmm. which do you remind you of um, mm-hmm. which are quite handy to have that's mm-hmm. a good tip as well yeah. And lastly, I think using Meetup. Uh, mm-hmm. i use it a couple of times to go on walks and play frisbee golf. And stuff.
1: So what is Meetup?
0: It's an app where it's kind of like an events app, but you join a group based on a, um, a common interest, be it language, be it there's a few book clubs on there, which I've been meaning to do and try, and I've showed you them because you're obviously heavily interested in literature, um, much better than I am at doing that stuff. So you probably enjoy, um, and a great way to meet people, yeah. but also they have hiking and photography, and all over the world they have. They have. So Meetup is an app where, yeah, people in your in, in your area just make a group and go, mm. I want to do, or get involved in photography, okay? I set up an event saying, let's go walk around and city taking take pictures. So every, the first week of the month, there's a photography group which go around and take pictures every month. Mm. It's beautiful, you can see how be really changes throughout the year.
1: Yeah. Just
0: being around for not it? Yeah, and you make good friends with it. Which is. I did you the reason why. Yeah. We are social creatures, that's all. Are
1: mm. mm. um, oh, we? <laughs>
0: and do you guys. put some here as well. Time of day. <laughs> Am I hungry? I'm getting... yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me.
1: <laughs>
0: that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, that kind of concludes section three. Right, so thank you for humoring me, by <laughs> being on this podcast. You're welcome, James. <laughs> I guess helping tell stories of living abroad and uh, sharing the trials and tribulations of of expat life, and and yeah, ho- hopefully inspiring people to, to do the same thing, giving some advice if you are looking to move abroad or actually moving abroad hopefully you've got some insight into what it's like or some tips or just some humor maybe you know i listen to podcast about parenting and haven't got any kids but i find it hilarious yes. that kind of thing i hope you have
1: um, a safe distance yeah yeah i hope you've
0: um yeah either found it entertaining or found some nugget of information which has given you um a great uh tip for for your future endeavours, should it be abroad, or even in your own city, or even just traveling. You know, great tips you've given about walking tours and knowing where you're going. Okay, it's a sense of wanting to be adventurous, but also having a foresight and doing a bit of planning is always beneficial no matter if it's a short bit of holiday or vacation or semester. Um, or if you're moving um, semi-permanently or permanently to another place. Yeah, it's been great having you uh, just to expand that and and really uh unlock the notes i have in my head as well through this conversation which i really appreciate so thank you you're
1: welcome thank you very much
0: for having me yeah. and if you've found 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 some insight into this podcast then please let us know please um Get in touch on social media or leave a comment or leave a five-star review on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Right. (laughs) So we can, well, yeah, because that's how you grow. (laughs) Just follow what everyone else does on podcasts. (laughs) Only five stars allowed only. (laughs) Um, But yeah, in all seriousness, if you have found some information or you want to ask a question, you know, I have uh, lined up quite a few friends of mine and, and colleagues to beyond this and talk about what they've done and how they've moved abroad from all over the world. If you have any advice or want me to talk about something in the future or bring up a, um, a topic, I do. If enough come in, I do plan doing an FAQ based episode, just going through loads of questions that have come in from from you amazing people listening and supporting this kind of uh, endeavor of mine. Um, yeah, which actually is another thing about living abroad is I've started this podcast because my evenings are very much void uh when because uh, my my girlfriend lives abroad and my family live abroad so my social life is quite um i guess narrow you know with a handful of great people but they're not always free so having,
1: you can't play you can't, can't play sports every night no so. well if, You're doing very well if
0: i could know. i would yeah. but, uh it's probably not the, i would end up not eating this <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, having a passion project like this has been something which has been great for me. Um, So yeah, if you have found something useful in this, please let me know. Please get in touch. I am on all social media, um, for this account, which are in the show notes. And I hope to see you next time.